0: Hello everyone, so today we're going to take a slightly different approach. Up to this point we've been talking to some amazing experts and some lovely ladies who've been willing to share their stories with us and to share their expertise on certain topics and today I'm going to take a different approach, I'm going to talk about something, a topic from my perspective, so we're going to talk about why it's okay to be single. And not only why it's okay to be single, but why it's okay to spend some time alone, especially after you've been through a difficult breakup. So I'm hoping that at the end of this podcast, you'll be able to reflect on your own life and where you're at in this healing process of being single. And why it's, it's really okay to spend that time a little bit longer to reflect on you and to find out what's good for you and what's good for your life. So I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. So today I want to give you my perspective on why it's okay to be single. And not only why it's okay to be single, but why it's okay to take time, all the time you need, when it comes to after you've come out of a relationship, and especially after you've come out of a toxic relationship. And so I'll give you a little bit of background on me. So I was married for 18 years. And within those 18 years, there were definitely some happy times. Um, Definitely times that I felt like, wow, you know, I'm really happy in this relationship. But definitely over the last number of years, I was in more of a state of I am not happy and this relationship is extremely toxic to, you know, it, it's time that I leave. And so I it did end. Our relationship ended. It was not in a healthy way. And of course, uh, our divorce did not proceed in a healthy way whatsoever. And so at that point... I felt like I wanted to do something for me that I've always wanted to do. And I knew what what that was, and that was to move to Victoria, British Columbia. I was offered a position out here, and it brings me joy every day when I get to look out my window, as I'm doing right now. Um, I live on a mountain, and I'm looking out at the ocean, and at the city of Victoria, and it just takes my breath away. Every time I look at it, and I see Mount Baker, and I'm like, wow, I am really lucky to be here. And it is really probably the best decision I've ever, ever made in terms of my own personal development. And I'm not going to say that it's been easy, because there have been, oh my God, a lot of challenges along the way. But it has made me into a better person. It's I, I've really developed a lot. And within the time of being here, I did fall into another toxic relationship with someone who was very manipulative and very wishy-washy, non-committal, had my head spinning at any given moment. And I really lost myself in that. And from there... I did um, end up going on dating sites and I did meet some people and I did go out on some dates and I knew that many of them were just not for me and it was a good experience to know um, that they were not for me. I did meet someone who was amazing, like amazing in every single way. And for various reasons, timing just has it hasn't aligned. And, um, you know, from that point, I thought to myself, you know why I really need to take a step back here. Because if I think of it, since moving to Victoria, have I really taken enough time for just me? Because when I moved here, I was very absorbed in uh, my career, getting things going in my career. And then, as I mentioned, I fell into a toxic relationship. So I really haven't, if I'm being fair, spent a lot of times with myself, just being single and being alone. And by, by saying be, being single, it's, uh, I did decide after I met that amazing person that, you know, maybe it's just better if I take time to be by myself. And really connect with myself because one of the things I want to mention that's great about being single and taking that time to be alone is that then you get some time to go within and you get time to gain your sense of self back. You know, when we we are in these toxic relationships and if you're going through a toxic breakup, it's easy to lose yourself in that, right? Like we get caught up in the roller coaster of emotions that go along with that. And you basically find yourself living yourself in, a, living in an external world that is based on what the other person is going to do next. Oh, what sort of bomb is he going to throw into my day? Because I'm sure it's going to happen. You know, when you take a step back from all of that and really start to focus on yourself, then you create stability within yourself. And, you know, I truly believe that what is within you is what you will manifest outwardly as well, both in your actions and what you attract towards you. So going within, you know, it it brings you to this point where it really doesn't matter what your ex does. It really doesn't matter what your neighbor does or what your boss does you end up, and I'm not going to say it erases all of it, because it doesn't, right? Life is a journey. But it does bring you more stability and a sense of, I can bring the stability to myself. So that's the first point. The second point is, it gives you time to reevaluate what you value in you, and what you value in a relationship going forward. So for me, I, I know without a shadow of a doubt at this point that I value consistency. And the reason why is because I was in a marriage that for, you know, for everyone looking outside, looking into my relationship, it looked on the exterior, like I was in a solid committed marriage. But on the inside, when you if anyone was to take a look in my marriage, they would see That yes, he was there every day. He came home every day. He did what he said he would do in terms of showing up physically. But the problem was that he did not show up emotionally. He wasn't there emotionally for me consistently. If we got into a fight, I would get ignored for who knows how long. Maybe two days, maybe two weeks. It just really depended on when he wanted to come talk to me again. So there wasn't that emotional stability. Did I play a part in that? Yeah, I did. I was just as inconsistent with him because I was responding, I was mirroring his actions, which is not healthy. But it made me realize that, okay. I I see that I value consistency, not only physical consistency being there physically, but also emotional consistency. And over time, I've noticed that there has been a pattern there. So then in the relationship I fell into, after moving to Victoria, that was another example of very inconsistent behavior, not only physically, so not only not physically being there, sometimes saying he was going to do something and not, but also emotionally not being there, like even worse. So so just emotionally being neglectful. If I wanted to talk about something, well, most likely he wasn't going to be there to listen. And then I I started to think after that relationship was over that, you know, I think it's also the way I grew up. So I grew up with my dad being an alcoholic, and there was lots of issues with him not being around consistently physically. A lot of that was to do with his job. But there were other issues as well. But also emotionally, my dad was not one of those, you know, touchy feely, lovey dovey kind of dads, he would say I love you for sure. But was he emotionally there? No. And oftentimes, when if you know anything about drug addictions or alcohol addictions, it's typical to be on that roller coaster ride of, of maybe they're there, maybe they're not, right? You're just, you just don't know, it's very hot and cold. So, you know, I really did take a step back. And I, I looked at whether or not there was this pattern. And in fact, I did discover that there is that consistent pattern of not having that consistency. So I thought, you know, what am I going to do about this? And it became very clear to me that I need to build build consistency within myself. Because what I discovered was, I don't think I've been consistent with myself. Yes, I'm physically living in this body, so I live with myself every single day. But emotionally... Am I there for myself? So how do I respond when I'm upset about something? I'm trying to think of an example, and I can't think of one off the top of my head. But, you know, if I'm emotionally disturbed about something, so it could be something like, I don't know, something went wrong at work. And I'll be like, oh, you know, I forgot to do that. Why didn't I remember to do that? And I get mad at myself, and I kind of internally berate myself and that's not being consistent, right? Being consistent would be saying to myself, Okay, you know what? I forgot to do that. Yes, I should should have done that, but I didn't. But I need to be kind, patient, and loving with myself to know that it was my intention to do that. And now I'm going to put my best effort into to doing that on a regular basis. Making this right, that's the first step. And two the second step is ensuring that i do this on a consistent basis and if there is a bump in the road again that's okay too i will just correct ter- correct my course again and get back on track so i guess again just to reiterate reevaluating what you value in you and in your next relationship so for me again um It's really important, I've discovered through this self-reflection to be consistent within myself, and that is providing stability within, right? So going back to the first point, creating stability within me is what's also going to reflect on the outside too, right? I'm going to be attracting those relationships that are stable, that are consistent, the more consistent and stable I am with me. And number three is now I have time to focus on my goals. So I do work a full time job. And it's very busy. I travel, I um, put in more than eight hours a day, typically, um, with all the driving I do and the FaceTime with my customers and administrative stuff I have to do after that. So in the past, it's taken up so much of my time that then I'm left with the rest of it, maybe with my friends and with relationships, but not a lot of other time to, to develop other interests outside of that. But you know, from deciding on being single and being taking time for me, and being alone, I've discovered that now I do have some time to focus on goals that bring me That are my passion, that are things that make me feel good. For example, this podcast. It brings me a lot of joy to be able to bring information to women out there that can be really helpful and that can help them in their personal journeys. And if I were to be distracted by a bunch of other things right at this moment as I'm developing this podcast, then I wouldn't have time to do this, right? And I feel like this is part of my spiritual quest, not just part of my professional quest. So that's another point. Number four is, it's given me a chance to learn about myself and to work on myself. So I think that the most important relationship you have is with yourself. And I know we hear that a lot, and really what does that mean, right? But but if I think of people who I would consider serial monogamous, I think that really the reason why they have a difficult time finding long-term healthy relationships is because their identity has always been tied to another person. And they don't really know themselves. And they don't really know what they're looking for because of that. So, you know, at the end of the day, it is difficult to find happy and healthy relationships if you don't, if you've never really taken the time to get to know who you are and to really define what that means to you. And so if that person showed up, that amazing person the person you kn- you think you would want to be with if you haven't done that work on yourself would you be able to recognize it when it comes along and my answer to that would probably be no and and when i think about working on myself too i also think that there is work i've i've had to do a lot on when it comes to communicating Because again, if you've been in long term relationships that were toxic, and were manipulative, what cannot, what can really end up happening and what I know ended up happening with me is I started not to communicate so great. So I would suppress how I was feeling, I would not be really open, not articulate my feelings, I really lost my voice. And um, because I found that when I was in those relationships, I ended up being punished for expressing my thoughts or feelings because it didn't align with what they wanted me to say or feel. And, And then when I did end up saying something that they disagreed with, I would get ignored. I would get the silent treatment. Or they would gaslight me. And then I would walk away from that feeling not validated. And so what ended up happening to me is that I suppressed those feelings. I suppressed those thoughts. I started to feel like my thoughts didn't matter. I shouldn't say this because, you know, these are the repercussions I'm going to feel, that I'm going to experience. I didn't feel safe. To say how I really felt about something. And from taking this time to be alone, what I found is that, um, you know, I do have some close people around me who I feel like I can trust, really trust to talk about my feelings, right? I have a couple of really good friends. I have a mom who listens to me all day long if I want to talk. Um and it's allowed me to really cultivate and nurture a feeling of safety c- to communicate those thoughts and feelings. And from that, I've discovered that when I I have dated in the past, I was more easily able to communicate, this is how I feel. These are my thoughts. This is what I need. These are my boundaries. I've been able to communicate communicate those things without feeling like oh no is this safe what is he going to do what it no none of that really matters it matters how i feel and it also is fair to be able to communicate how i feel to that other person and how they receive it is their their issue right their thing but as long as i know that i'm coming from a loving kind Way And I am being respectful to myself and that person by communicating what my needs are, then all is good in the world. And however that rolls out at the end of the day, is how it rolls out. But at the end of the day, I am being true to myself. And I'm communicating in a very clear and loving way. And that's what makes me feel good, right? So the other thing I would Um, really want you to consider is making sure that you go out and meet people. And I'm not necessarily talking about in a dating situation. It can be if that's what you choose to do. But I'm just saying that it's really good to go out in social situations and meet people and talk to people and meet men, talk to men. Doesn't mean you have to date them. You could have 20 minutes talk to someone for 20 minutes and realize there's no way in hell you want to date that person. But there was this one thing that you appreciated in them. And you can walk away with this mental checklist in your head of, that's something I want in my future partner. Those other five things were things I don't want in a future partner. But that one thing is definitely what I want. So you can build that mental checklist. And I think the other important point to make about that too is when you're meeting people and you're going out and you're actively doing that, what you're also doing is you're being in a state of allowing, right? It's really important to be in that state of allowing because when you send out that, hey, I'm open to meeting people, I'm open to discussing things, you bring that back to yourself, And you'll meet people who are open to talking, open to discussing. Yeah, you're going to meet some weirdos along the way too. But it's okay because you know how to filter those out. You know how to get rid of them. So that's fine. But when you're that bright shining light, you are going to attract some really quality people. And you will build quality friendships. You will eventually, it doesn't have to be now, like I said, but you will meet some amazing people too. So... Again, that's creating that stability within you and connecting with other people in a really solid and healthy way. The other thing that I wanted to mention, so number six would be finding your voice. Kind of relates to communicating, but it goes deeper than that because I know when I was in a toxic a few toxic relationships. Um, I did lose my voice, right? Um, I didn't feel it was safe to communicate. And from that, I felt invalidated. And so by spending this time alone, and single, I've really found that I've connected with my voice. How does Lisa feel? How does Lisa think about this? And, and having those safe friendships, around me as well, safe family members I can talk to has really helped me to allow me to speak my truth, um, n- discover and and know what I want in my life, what I need, what I value. And also a big thing around that, it's it's helped me to develop boundaries, right? So it's helped me understand what I really value and around those values what boundaries do I have so if you cross that line then that is a boundary for me that is you you have crossed and we cannot go backwards Um, you know depending on the situation there there's always room for movement there and of course I always encourage people to really To be a forgiving person and a loving person. I'm not talking about any of that, but I'm talking about just knowing what your boundaries are and then being able to articulate that, going back to the communication, saying in a kind and loving way, these are my boundaries. And with some people, like even with some family members, I've had this, that I've had to say, you know, I love you. I know this is the dance that we've always done, but it's not really a healthy dance. And because I value myself more, these are the boundaries that I have now. And you know what, it turns out that people will respect that. And they will slowly but surely start to respect those boundaries. Not that they ever did before, didn't did before, but maybe they just didn't know what your boundaries were. And they just had to hear it and kind of readjust that dance so that they could then meet you at that boundary and say, yes, I see that line. I see that line now and I respect it, right? So that to me is finding your voice. And I think that it's really important again to just reiterate that when we're coming out of relationships, we do feel broken, you know, especially if it's toxic and you're going through a toxic breakup, we can feel broken. And the whole point of this is to start to feel whole again. I'm not going to say by the end of this that you will feel completely whole, because really, do we ever feel completely whole? Do we ever feel completely healed? I don't think so. I think that we have moments where we feel whole, moments where we feel somewhat healed, but not, healing is linear, right? So, or sorry, healing is not linear, Healing is something that, yes, you're healed in this moment, but tomorrow or a week from now or a month from now or a year from now, you might see something that comes up that still needs healing, and that's okay. So my number seven point would be that alone time is good. You, It's actually a really good thing. You really need to cherish it because it's not going to be something that you'll have forever. My daughter is 26 years old, so she lives still in Winpeg, but she is on her own now. And, um, you know, I am here, I'm alone. I don't even have a dog or a cat. <laughs> so it means that I re- can really spend time in a lo- alone. And this is good in so many ways, but I will say for sure you're going to experience loneliness. Absolutely. But I think the important point to make with that is that when you feel lonely, it's really important to sit with yourself and understand where that loneliness is coming from. Is it lonely because you just miss a connection or is it lonely because you want to fill a void or that you need to fill a void? If it's because there's a void there, then you need to look within. But if it's because there's a void because you just miss having that that connection, having someone there, having... A, you know, a partner, then just be okay with that for now, because that's not going to last forever. You know, it's interesting, because some people, the they, they just can't stand being alone. And some people use busy as a way of avoiding their feelings, right? So you, so you meet these people who are out and about and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're going there and they're the part of this group and that group and just so busy and that's great. But I think a lot of people kind of glorify that and I think a lot of people look at that and say, oh, look, isn't that great? He or she is going out there and doing so much after this breakup and blah, 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 blah. But you know what? I don't necessarily think that's healthy because I think oftentimes what can end up happening is they're actually avoiding working through their feelings. They're avoiding doing the self work and they're using being busy as a way to self numb. They don't wanna feel the hard feelings that are gonna come up so they're just gonna distract themselves. So I will give myself lots of time to just be alone. Yes, I keep myself busy. I go out, I stay active. I've found a lot of things that I'm passionate about, Pilates, art, reading books again, like yes whole novels. But at the same time, I give myself just time to be alone, time to really do nothing and time to self explore things, learn about quantum physics, things like that. But being alone doesn't necessarily mean that you have to to be doing this really tough work all the time because actually if you're alone too much then it can, and you're caught too much in your thoughts, it can lead to overthinking, right? And if it leads to overthinking, then that leads to anxiety. Then that can lead to depression. It can go down that slippery slope and you kind of get stuck. But if you have that mindset of, nope, I'm moving forward, I am moving, making that progress, I'm doing the work, but that alone time to reflect, to do some introspection is really good and really healthy for all the other reasons that we've discussed. And also, I want to say too that when you do get stuck in those moments of overthinking, I've done it for sure multiple times more than I probably care to admit to. But I've learned from it, right? And what I've learned is when I get stuck in those moments, guess what I do? I reach out to one of my good friends who has listened to me multiple times talk about the same thing over and over and over. And she's probably thinking to herself, when is she going to stop talking about this? But at the same time, she does not judge me, right? She's just really there for me. And I think that sometimes people might have a tendency to think, well, no one wants to hear about this. No one wants to hear me talk about my the my shitty ex. No one wants to hear me talk about the same thing that my ex has done to me 10 times now, and I'm really getting tired of it. And this has been going on for a year now. I I'm tired of this. No one's going to want to hear about that. But if you do have those friends that, and you know you have those solid friends that are not just the happy time friends, but also the shitty time friends, then you need to trust that you can turn to those people and say, hey, this is what's going on. I'm having a hard time today. I I just need to talk about it. it might be briefly, but this is what's going on. And those kind of friends are going to have your back, right? They're going to create that space for you. They will hold that space for you and let you talk it out. And even if they don't have a solution, which half the time, why would they? It's your life. It's your experience. But they will hear you and they will hear you out and you will walk away feeling like if nothing else, you're going to get it off your back. But also you're going to feel validated, like even though she didn't have a solution for me, She can empathize with where I'm at. She empathizes with maybe not exactly what I'm going through, but feeling how I'm feeling right now. And that's something that can be so empowering and that can really help you know that what you're feeling is okay. And it's also just knowing that there are people out there that love you and that love you no matter what you're going through. You could be going through hell 10 times over and they're still going to be there and they're still going to love you. But you do have to give that, you have to open that door. And again, it's being in that space of allowing. Allowing people in, allowing people to love you, allowing people to hold space for you so that you can heal. So I think that's about really... All I really wanted to say other than probably the best part I've found (laughs) about being alone, being single and just living on my own is that there's a lot of things that I I can do and I do um, that I probably wouldn't be doing otherwise. Like for instance, if I'm doing housework and I'm listening to some music, heck, I'm going to have a dance-off with myself sometimes. I'm going to work my ass and, and <laughs> see myself in the mirror. I'm going to look pretty hot doing it. And I'm going to have a lot of fun, you know? Like, I'm having a dance-off with myself, and I'm looking good doing it, and I'm having fun. Hey, if I want to take 10 selfies in front of the really good lighting right now, I'm going to do that. I've got good hair. My makeup is done. It's on point, and I'm going to do it. Hey, if I want to sleep diagonally tonight, guess what? I can do it. There's not going to be anyone telling me to stay on my side of the bed. If I snore at night, guess what? That's okay. No one's going to elbow me and tell me to shut up. <laughs> um, Those are the things that have really actually brought some amazing semblance of joy into my life just because I'm free to be me, Right. And that's what you can carry through to your next relationship. I'm not saying I'm going to have dance-offs with myself, (laughs) but I do know that it's allowed me that sense of freedom, that sense of having fun. And hey, if I don't want to do laundry today, I'm not going to do it. Who's going to suffer? Well, it's just going to be me, but I might not have any towels and I'm going to have to dry off after the shower. But hey, dry off naturally, no towels around. Maybe I want to use that dirty one, maybe I won't. (laughs) But that's up to me, right? So just allowing myself to have the freedom to sing as loud as I want, to dance, to take selfies if I want to, or if I want to spend an entire day reading a book about who knows what, maybe it's just meaningful, meaningless, trashy romance novel, I can do it. So that is pretty much what I wanted to share with you guys. And as a closing note, I do want to say that again, healing is not linear. You're never going to wake up one day and say, Oh my god, I'm healed. I totally feel better now. I'm completely ready to start dating now. It's not going to happen, and if you think that, then I'm here to correct you on that thought because you are going to get to a point where you feel more solid, but you will never feel 100%, and that's why we're here, right? We're here to learn. We're here to evolve. We're here to work through hurts, but they're gonna, things are always going to come up, and that's okay. It's just being okay. It's being okay with, I'm not going to be healed right today. I'm not going to be healed even tomorrow. But as long as I'm making the effort to continue to move forward, to not stay stuck, then I'm doing a good thing. And it's okay to be single. And it's okay to be alone for a time. Take whatever amount of time you need to get to that point where you feel good again or at least half good. Anyway, that's all for today. Thanks, guys.